2: Welcome. Primetime with Isaac and Souk. What is going on up here? I never know, man. Unbiased.
1: Show your your mouth. Uncompromised sports talk without the sugar coating. I
0: hope you're happy. You wasted everyone's life for 30 seconds.
3: Isaac Rop and Jason Sakannik.
1: Now shut up and let me do my job. The best in sports coverage. This is going to be quick. This is Primetime with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The
4: Fan. All right, welcome back. 404 with Rob and Souk. Uh, this is our Not Dan Landing interview as he is out recruiting on the bye week, so he will not be joining us this week. The best is, like, I guess, right after you got done saying that you were <laughs> yeah. questioning the Kansas Oklahoma spread, the
3: BetQL guy came on <laughs> and said, five-star lock, Oklahoma, lay the points. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, I guess right after. Like, Who's the, the BetQL guy? I don't know, that BetQL guy that comes on and says, oh, this is <sighs> our play of- <laughs> oh just, they kind of rotate them. There's like three that run throughout the course dude, of the day. That is so funny. I thought that was wonderful.
4: I just uh, – I guess so. Like, you know, you look – I was um, I was looking at the Caesars guy. I follow this guy from uh, Caesars Sportsbook. True. who Tweets a lot about where the money is on a game. And he was tweeting about the two biggest played money line underdogs this week are Tennessee and Kansas. Yeah. So a lot of the public is thinking – Tennessee, straight up, will beat Alabama. They're 7-point underdog, but they'll beat them. Yeah. And Kansas, a 9-point underdog, will beat Oklahoma. I have long stood by and try to abide by the theory, go against the public. Sure. You know, if the public's all going one way, I will gladly go the other because it's sports. Like, it's unpredictable. You never know. That would lead us to Boomer sooner. But i got to tell you, in this one instance, there is no way I'm doing that. I've watched Kansas every game. That's a good team. Yes. And, and Oklahoma, Oklahoma, is, Oklahoma is not right now. Yeah. That's not to say they don't cover and it's a five-star lock by BetQL, bro, whatever. <laughs> I don't – dude, that's one where I'm going to stick with my guns. You're going with that. You're taking, I'm sticking with my or, guns. So you're going to put it on – It may or may not be in in the Bank. You can't hey, do that. 5.30, I can do that. It's called a tease. We do it every day. <laughs> you better have it in there. Now, Tennessee – It might even be a 10-star. 10 now,
3: Tennessee I like if Bryce Young doesn't play. It says game time decision, and I think Chance Nolan is a game time decision. Someone was on there being like Chance Nolan's fine. I haven't seen anything that says he's fine. I keep saying Well, seeing,
4: is he even good if he's fine though?
3: <laughs> he's he be- throwing picks as much as the other guy. He's better than what they got right now. But the is if he? yes, yes he is. If Bryce Young can't play, Tennessee will beat them. If Bryce Young isn't close to let's say eighty five percent, I think Tennessee will beat them. The last time Tennessee beat Alabama, two thousand and six. Damn, it's been uh, it's been a while. Like they did a whole thing, like, uh, like the, what was life like the last time Tennessee <laughs> beat them? Like there was no iPhone. Whoa, like it hadn't come out. Hadn't when did the out. first
4: iPhone come out?
3: Uh, I think it was like 07. I, I just I read an article like two day two days ago that was wow. was talking about that. What life was uh was like. And, like, that was the one that I just remember sticking out is well, there there
4: was no iPhone yet. I will say, just blindly, I haven't seen Tennessee play much. I've seen Alabama, and I'm with you on Young. You know, if they get Young, they need Young back. Yes. But just blindly, just on the theory, if everybody's loading up on Tennessee, I will... Dude, Alabama is a team that isn't favored by less than 10 very often. Yes. I will gladly just blindly take them. Sure. <laughs> and I go against it. everyone else. It's Alabama.
3: But I do think that this year, uh, Alabama is not... Um, Alabama is not as good as, as previous versions. I know they have Bryce Young and he's the Heisman Trophy winner, but this isn't as deep uh, receiving core, offensive line. It's just, it's just not. And if you've watched Alabama this year, they're not, they're not bad. I mean, come on. But everyone, they're, like, they're the number one team in the country. And if you've watched them play, boy, they easily could have gone down a couple times, and they didn't. And give them credit; they're finding ways to pull out games. But this is not a case of some sort of juggernaut that's just rolling over teams. And Tennessee's good. Uh, you know They're they're battle-tested right now, and it's at Tennessee. You're going to have 100-plus thousand people. They're going nuts. They're wearing the orange helmets, and they feel like this is the first time in forever
4: that they can play with uh, Alabama. And I 100% believe that they can. So Tennessee gets Bama, Kentucky, and Georgia three of the next four weeks. And that's just a. Are they still in the conversation after those games, do you think? <sighs>
3: If they, yeah, because if they beat Bama, then you got wiggle room because you can still lose one along the way. Yeah, You, you don't have to be perfect in the SEC. So, yes, I will say they beat Alabama. You say they're still, the they're still in the conversation. They're still in split, the conversation. They'll split the others. Something tells me Georgia will wake up, you know, but Georgia hasn't looked that good. It's, it's funny that those are the two teams that we keep pointing to and are like, ah, no one can beat them. Watch them. You can beat them. They have not looked good. Plain and simple, Missouri – Missouri should have beat Georgia, <laughs> yeah, they but they s would it down their leg. And they cheat. <laughs> and they're from Missouri, which means they smell. Right. Yeah, they smell. Right. And con.
4: Uh, also this weekend, this is a great weekend for college football, you guys. I don't know if you've seen all these matchups. We've got Alabama-Tennessee. That's three versus six. We um, uh, USC-Utah. Yeah. Seven versus 20. Utah has to win this game. Yeah, or they're. They have to. They're completely done. And they're favored, by the way. Yeah, they're favored. There's another but, one. Yeah, that's a that's, You think they're gonna beat USC? I, yeah. That's a great game, but Utah didn't I mean their defense did not look good last week.
3: No, it, it didn't. And I, I I have some I have some questions because also Cam Rising, having watched Utah play, Cam Rising doesn't look that good either. So I'm starting to wonder if maybe we gave Utah a little too much. And I think USC's good. I don't think what are they, seventh in the country?
4: Well, their D line looks great. Their D line looks great and that's that's the part of it that, like, everybody's been talking about their offense. Alex Grinch has that D front. It's pretty nasty. You can run the ball on them. They have – I think they're plus 14 in the takeaway department. Yeah. Uh, that, that'll that even out. That'll even How out. Do you U- think those usually even out?
3: I would think, but they're also – they don't turn the ball over. I think uh, Caleb Williams only has one pick on the entire year. So, you know, that's, that's one because that, it's, it's at Utah, and so you're kind of like, well, is USC about to come down to earth? But – I just think Utah is uh, was was a bit overrated this year. Uh, you know, they they came in what 7th in the country and they looked good against Florida, couldn't close it out. Florida isn't that good and then yeah, they couldn't stop UCLA, but to be fair, they were in that game. You know, it was a couple of those turnovers, one at the beginning and one at the end that absolutely doomed them. They were playing with UCLA, they just couldn't stop them. I also wonder, too, I'm waiting to see when the USC offense will fully click. Like, at the beginning of the year, we were talking about USC like it was this offensive juggernaut. And they didn't particularly look good against uh, Oregon State. And against Washington State, they got held down pretty good. I don't count Arizona State because Arizona State sucks unless they're playing Washington. So I will be intrigued here with a Utah defense that I think USC is averaging four sacks per game, and the Utah defense Utah defense is averaging like 1.2 a game. So this is something's got to give here, but I'll, I'll take USC in this. And I'm getting points. I'll take USC, although I, I think the, I think what's scary is you're betting against Kyle Whittingham at home, back against the wall. Your season's basically over if you lose this game. It's kind of scary, but I'll, I'll, I'll take USC here, and I'm getting some points.
4: You were saying um, you, you can run on USC? Yeah. They're 68th. In rush defense, yes, yards per game. Yeah. And Utah that, though is seventy second.
3: Yeah, that's the weird part is that like we just come to expect Utah to have this really stout defense, and it's not. And I'll give USC this credit; they're playing a little bit of that kind of Washington State like bend but don't break thing. They're, they're, this is kind of what the NFL is, has is kind of become is great. Run the ball on us. We don't believe that you can you can put sixteen play to get sixteen play drives. We're going to keep everything in front of us. And somewhere along the line, we're going to get a sack, and they have. They're getting four a game, and we're going to put you behind the chain, so therefore you can't just sit there and run the ball on us. And when you throw the ball on us, we're going to get sacks, and we're going to get interceptions. And I'm not sure exactly if that's everything that USC wants to do. It might just be that this is the personnel, but what they're doing so far is working. So And what Utah is, is doing has kind of bit them in the ass a couple times. So. I do think you're getting some value there with the better team, even though it's on the road. It's the better team, and you're getting points. I think there's value in that. And then we
4: have Ohio State. or I'm sorry, um, not Ohio State. We have Oklahoma State playing TCU, perhaps the two best teams in the Big 12. Now, to be and fair. And both are undefeated.
3: I have not seen a lot of Oklahoma State. Um, I have seen TCU play the last two weeks. and That's I, a good team. That's a good team. Uh, there's some NFL guys there. Um, Oklahoma State is intriguing because I, I feel like every year we do this with Oklahoma State where they get ranked in, like, the top 10 or 11, and then there's, like, some sort of, like, crushing – there's always, like, a crushing blow where they kind of come back to reality. And I was looking through their schedule, and, I mean, Central Michigan, Arizona State, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, Baylor, and Texas Tech. So I I don't know what to make of Oklahoma State at all. But I feel like Gundy every year puts together – a good solid team, but I never feel like they're able to 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 finish it out. And it's at TCU. Uh, that's a real good test for, for for Oklahoma State.
4: And we have two uh, undefeated Big Ten teams playing: number ten Penn State, number five Michigan. This one's in the Big House. I looked up. Well, I didn't look it up. I saw this today because I was reading about this game. I'm
3: intrigued by it because you know me; I've been pretty skeptical of Michigan all year. Um, six and zero. Oh. Six and zero, oh, but it's not the most impressive six and zero. Oh. They start off the year playing Is no Is it way. ever?
4: They're like the same every exactly, year.
3: Exactly, right? And I, I just like, like, Indiana gave them problems. Iowa gave them problems. Maryland gave them problems. But they've been managing to pull away in the second half, and so here comes Penn State, and Penn State's number 10, although they haven't really been tested yet either. So here's the big battle. I looked, James Franklin, uh, I got to pull this up. I believe James Franklin, uh, in in against top 10 opponents, I believe he's 0 for his last 10. His last win over a top 10 team was like six years ago or something against Wisconsin. Also, I'll, I'll pull it up, but I I just saw that it was kind of one of those. Someone was pointing out that as good as James Franklin has been, that James Franklin um, is kind of doing the same thing that we give like Bo Pelini a lot of flack for in, in beating teams that you should beat. And then when you go up against the, the games that truly make the difference between you being, you know, an elite coach and elite program, it tends to fall by the wayside. So I'm not certain that I love either one of those teams, but I'm going to trust Harbaugh and Michigan over a Penn state team that just doesn't seem to win a lot of big games. Here he goes under James Franklin, Penn state two and 13 versus top 10 teams since upsetting Wisconsin to win the 2016 big 10 championship Nittany lions. zero and nine <sighs> versus top 10 teams wow. over their last nine games, man. But some of the five of those games have come by just a handful of of points under a touchdown. But I wouldn't have guessed that. Something to keep in mind: Penn State has been very bad in these sorts of situations, and it's at the big house.
4: Yeah, I just I feel like there are some things you get in your head, and you don't know if they're right, but you just think them. Yeah, (laughs) and one of them is I would have I would have guessed that stat was the other way around. I would have guessed James Franklin was good. I don't know about thirteen and two or whatever you said, two and thirteen. Yeah. Is that what said? Two
3: and thirteen, since beating Wisconsin in in, in yeah. twenty sixteen. And I think that might have been the, I actually, the Sam Darnold
4: year. I actually would have said that James Franklin and Penn State would have been one of the better teams at upsetting higher ranked teams nope. from the Big Ten. No. Nope. Because they just it seems like they always I don't know. Just, yeah, they win. That's a weird stat to me. They, I didn't know that. Yeah,
3: they win like nine games every year, and it's a, it's a and solid they finish. And they and lose to Ohio State. They lose to Ohio State. Michigan. They're kind of like the Big Ten's Oklahoma State, I feel like. Right.
4: And I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. I
3: it was a little surprised when I saw that. So, so
4: top five offenses in the country, scoring offenses, mm-hmm. Ohio State, Tennessee, Alabama, TCU, and Ole Miss, Michigan. Michigan. Those are your top five. Well, I'll tell you what. When you watch Michigan, they
3: kind of stumble around a little bit, but man, when they put their foot on the gas, dude, they go. And they've got a really athletic quarterback. They have a really good running back. Um, and I mean, they I, give them credit. Like that's what you're supposed to do. Good teams, right? You're playing close games, and you get down into the fourth quarter, and Michigan has put their foot on the gas each and every time. A couple other teams to I, I was. If you want to look like I've Tennessee has surprised me a little bit this year. Also, keep an eye on Mississippi State. <laughs> Mississippi State is a they, they have a defense. They run the ball and they have a competent uh, 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 a competent quarter, quarterback who's slinging it around.
4: So we figured out that Mike Leach can coach, right?
3: Mike Leach is good. So we know that and, now. And, and Mike Leach has some talent down there at Mississippi State. Remember, Bar was talking about this. That um, people were saying, "Well, isn't it just taking the Washington State job?" And and he's like, "No, the talent level at at, at uh, Mississippi State is is much better." And I think he's proven something. And also, you know, Lane Kiffin's undefeated. State of Mississippi has got something going on, which is why I'm kind of a little excited about the SEC this year because it, it feels like there's some new blood. I feel like you've got Tennessee, you've got Old Miss, you've got Mississippi State, Kentucky's a good team. There's some people in there that might be able to throw a wrench into the Alabama-Georgia, just, you know, go ahead and crown their asses sort of thing.
4: All right, uh, coming up next, we have a short seggy. Um, who's worried about the Blazers? Anybody worried, anybody worried <laughs> no, about see, your hometown team? No one's talking about that. We're excited about the rookies dunking. What are you, what are you talking about? Oh, all right. And then uh, in the news, also coming up, how to cheat in a uh, fishing tournament. Oh, boy. Yeah, have you seen the, great. Have you seen the videos on oh, this yeah? stuff? Right. But, it's uh, 418 on the fan.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.
1: post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
0: Primetime with Isaac and Sue on 1080 The Fan.
4: Uh, just a real quick check-in on your hometown team. Uh, the NBA season, it always sneaks up on us here because, it just it you know, football season starts, and then, like, we're halfway through college football. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like that, right? It just feels like things are just getting underway still. I'm not ready for the NBA yet. I, well, got, too we much, never, I got too much on my plate. No one is ever ready for the NBA. I mean, we've got baseball playoffs that just started. Can I also say, too, that I think it's hilarious
3: that the NBA, who has is- – long fought for people to pay attention to it at the start of the year other than like diehards like danny's got like the like an advent calendar and he touches himself every day to it getting closer to blazer season it's a very big deal so the diehards obviously right same thing with hockey fans but both of those leagues have struggled to find relevancy early on because you do you have a lot happening playoff baseball college football and of course the nfl and I love that so many people have, have said, well, the NBA like marks their territory that really the start of their their season is is Christmas Day, right? That's their showcase day. They own it. And it's like, hey, from then on, it matters. You know, NBA go time. And the NFL came and took a big steaming dump all over it and was like, oh, by the way, uh, we're going to be on Christmas Day as well, and we're going to – Oh, I don't know. Not double, not triple, not quadruple. I, we're gonna like beat you by like sevenfold. It's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a bloodbath.
4: Look, the NBA doesn't matter until March. Okay, <laughs> let's just call uh, it what it Christmas. is. Christmas? No, March. Now December 26th. But it does start next week. The Blazers went zero and four in the preseason to NBA teams. Yeah, they did. They did beat the it, Israelis. Yeah, they beat the Israeli team. But they went zero and four against the Clippers, Jazz, Kings, and uh, Warriors. And they. None of them are really close except for, I think, maybe the first one.
3: Yeah, and, like, the starters didn't play, but no one
4: played in Golden State either. But you were down by 39 at one point. And your boy, Dames Lills, came out today and said, hey, well, you know, we're uh, still gelling. We did, yes. we, You know, it's new guys, and we haven't played together. And so yeah. he says it's going to be a work in progress. Well, it, it is. <laughs> it's going to be great. Well, we'll, be, check, we'll check back in in, like I said, March. Yeah, well, I mean. How about that?
3: I, I will say that. Not a lot of people exp- – uh, I did bet the over in Vegas, though, on the win total. What is it? It was like at, like, 37 or so. I have to go back and look. The win mm. total was
4: ridiculously low. Vegas doesn't like him? No. And I was like, dude, Lillard Lillard alone is is worth 44 See, I, wins. I, I I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of questions about him because of the injuries, you well, know, and I, his age and injuries. Like, this is – guys don't just uh, – anybody expecting, like, peak Damian Lillard, I think they might be in for some disappointment. Yeah, I I mean, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but – I, everything you hear from him is that he hasn't felt this good in in years. Oh, of course he's going to say that.
3: Look, I think. That's what Tom Brady says. I, I got to pull this up. Uh, do, do, do. Yeah. I think I got it at, cause I think now it's at 39. I think I got it at either 37 and a half or 38 when I bet it. I bet it a little bit ago. The, the Come on. You're telling me that Damian Lillard and, and an improved team with Jeremy Grant, that's that's going to be a 36-win team? I know I mean, Vegas
4: is not stupid. And by the way, they're a, a Damian Lillard injury away from winning five games. <laughs> and maybe getting the top pick, though. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> that hey, would. if you want Lillard to go down, look, <laughs> this I, is the year. I don't want to call conspiracy theory. But if you want to, if nobody wants Lillard to go down. No. If he were to, it might be nice uh, pretty soon for that to happen. Because I guess this number one pick is supposed to be yes. the, the balls, Victor... right? Victor... One by Yana. He's like Giannis, but only 7'4". Yeah, it's a 7'4",
3: Kevin Durant slash Giannis. Yeah, maybe Tank. They've never – said like, Danny said that he was at the the hoop summit, and there were NBA scouts there, obviously, and he said several of them said that it's the best prospect they've ever seen. He's like the unicorn of unicorns. Yes, and when you watch him play – I watched him play in that – he was playing the NBA G League Ignite team, which, look, there's there's first-round picks in that. Those are a lot of those high school kids that didn't go to college. They went right to the NBA, and they played in that G League. There's some dudes on there. I've never seen anything like it. It is so weird because we've seen, like, you know, Bull Bull and, and Chet, uh, Holmgren, these guys that are seven feet, and they shoot the three and they dribble a little bit. I am telling you, there is, I've never seen anything like this. And I'm no NBA scout. But when you watch him play, you're like, what is happening? It just is... It, when he when he raises up for a jump shot, they're saying... I was looking at one of those... Uh, they do, like, like the, was it the next-gen stats or whatever? So when he shoots his fadeaway, a la Dirk, he can shoot that little one-foot fadeaway. And by the way, he shoots it from, like, college three-point range. Uh, at, at the peak of it, it's like nine and a half feet. Like, it's... You can't block... He can get off a shot against anybody anywhere. It's absurd. So to your point, if you're going to get hurt, yes... This is the year, and several teams will be tanking from a man Vic. But the idea that no one thought that Portland was going to be very good this year, and then somehow Blazer fan, I don't know how, uh, they got it in their mind that all of a sudden, like with the addition of Jeremy Grant and and Gary Payton Jr., who, by the way, they just announced he's not going to be back for the start of the season with his core injury, Mm -hmm. they somehow got this impression that like they were going to be the because Anthony Simons is going to you know he had a little breakout year la, next or last year. They got the idea that this was going to be like the breakout team in the NBA. And I do think that the the preseason kind of threw some threw some water on that that fire a little bit. So now it's more of a of a smolder. I'm taking a more of a, a wait and see sort of approach with the team, but no, they're not going to be contenders, but 38 wins, I will bet on a pissed off Damian Lillard giving me 40 wins.
4: Yeah, I well, in a stunning turn of events, the Blazers fans uh, are overvaluing some of their players. Yes, of course, uh, Simons is good, but he's not All Star level. Uh, could get there, um, I think. There's some disagreement as to whether that is possible or not, uh, depending on who you talk to. But he's good. But the, I mean, it's back to it's basically Damon CJ all over again, right? Simons is good, but he's not.
3: Well, I think that, I think I, his
4: potential is better than CJ's, but at the same time, you still undersize backcourt. And by the way, you're starting a six four. Uh, A yeah, small five, forward. 6'5". Nice. Okay. And then you also have Lillard coming off of an in, uh, injury, and he's getting older. And you have questions about the coach. I mean, I, I liked – they played um, right before they went in the tank last year. Yeah. And I think it was right before Christmas. They, they, they were playing well. They were playing great. That was when they shut down Nurick after the break. Under um, Chauncey Billups. And the style of play was really good, and it was like, wow – I think if 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 Billups can get that out of a good roster, mm-hmm. you are talking like that was a good brand of basketball. Um, but they haven't shown that since. No, the the
3: I will say that in in the the preseason, one thing that that's scary is the defense looks atrocious and. <laughs>
4: Well, all and, right, and that's a recipe for uh, success, right?
3: And, and little doesn't look like he's back, obviously, because you know Hart's going to start. And, oh, they're very
4: thin, aren't and they? Also, yeah,
3: there's no, no. They don't have much depth well, at all. But Nurk got five. Uh, the last night, I think they were playing. It was a Sacramento. I think they played for gold State. Nurk got five thousand, like twelve minutes. And, and who's after? Who comes in there? They. It's is it's it bad. Eubanks? It's bad. No, the uh, the other guy, uh, Eubanks is is not. Uh, got him. Who, Who's the backup center? I'm trying to think of his name. Um, oh, they're talking about maybe the, the two way guy they just signed. Yeah, uh, Olivier Sar. Yeah, it's not Eubanks. Oh, yeah, Eubanks hasn't been getting the the run.
4: It's been that. I also think another reason why their win total is low is because the West is a lot better. Yeah, it's deep. Well, and I was going to say,
3: Nurk looks a little... uh, Is he he, fat and out of shape? He looks a little winded.
4: Hey, things are going great, though. Well, Which
3: is amazing. (laughs) How can he be out of shape when he played for his national team (laughs) all summer? Right. He just didn't quite look... uh... That's look, it's the preseason. Right. It just, Let's not it just draw a conclusion.
4: He just didn't look that sharp. So, All right, well, well, we'll see. If you're worried about your Blazers, uh, I don't know what to tell you. They start next week, though. They're in Sacramento Wednesday night. That's the opener. Well, maybe it'll be better than the preseason game against
3: Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. All I know is I just need them to win more. Then what's than, the number? I think it, Right now I think it's 39, but I got it. At, I'd have to look at my bet slip. I think I got it either. At, right when it came out, this was months ago, it's either 37. I think it's 37 and a half. So if they could just win forty games, how about thirty-eight? You okay with that? No, because it might be thirty-eight. I have it's <laughs> it's it's right in there. Right, how 39. about thirty-nine? If they go, if they win thirty-nine games, I cash a nice little I cash a nice little ticket. So okay. that's all I need. Good luck I, with that. I don't need high
4: expectations. I just need thirty-nine wins. All right. Up next is in the news, but first, rest with SportsCenter.
0: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
3: Primetime with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan.
4: That's right. Uh, We've hot. Thursday Night Football Talk coming up. You know, we got a barn burner tonight, you guys. It's the Commanders and the Bears.
3: Hey, but I got action on this.
4: Good. This hey, is this is the type of game you want to bet on? This is part of. Just so you can enjoy it. This is part of my
3: uh, robbing the, the bank locks. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, this is an official. Yes. Two-unit play. I'll say it right now before okay. it, before it right. starts. Right. And right. I'm going simply on the fact that you know I hate the Bears. I hate their offense. It makes me want to puke. Yeah. And you might say, well, Carson Wentz makes me want to puke. Ron Rivera already this week said, what's the problem with your team versus the others in the division? And he said, quarterback. How about this little one? Carson Wentz has played six games in his career on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz in those games, 1,400 yards, mm-hmm. 15 tutties, two picks. Damn. Six and oh. Are you serious? Carson Wentz, king of Thursday night football. Wow. Yes. That's, wow is correct. That's amazing. To the anti Kirk Cousins. Two units. I'm only going two, not three, because, well, it's the commanders. Two units, commanders. Boom.
4: Let's do this. -1 I think or +1? What's spread? It's uh, 1. Yes. Yeah, it's 1. Well, but who's favored? Uh, well, Washington. It's,
3: it's a I mean it's 1. Like, well, it's nah, not going it to end up Could well, be a 1.5. I was going to say it's not going to end up being a tie, but yeah.
4: All right. Um and yes, the anti Kirk Cousins, that's a good good call. I I would not have guessed that. Yeah. Carson yeah. Wentz. right Carson after his freaking Wentz. Right after his coach calls him out. <laughs> it's,
2: that's it's one great. of my,
3: That's one of my favorites. and I would say that there's a home field advantage, but it's Chicago, so
4: there's not. I just love it. Hey, what's the problem with your team quarterback? No, I mean, uh, you know and- the rumor is. You know what the rumor is now? What? That uh, the rumor, is, and we, I know we're going to get to in the news. Just <laughs> shut up. Um, <laughs> the, the rumor is that Dan Schneider, it, the Carson Wentz thing was all Dan Schneider. Yeah. And and, and Rivera is pissed about it, and he's like, "Well, there's the problem, Dan <laughs> Schneider." I mean, the quarterback. That'd be great. It is October 13, twenty twenty-two. It's time now for in the news. I'm your noted newsman. Hello. Oh. Thank you. Carbon neutral. Please be seated. It is National No Bra Day. Hells yeah! Yeah. I say burn them, ladies. Get rid of them. And as uh, per use, I'm not wearing one either. Well, I do think women more and more these days are going braless. Absolutely. Because they want to. Well, sometimes they're damn right.
3: Sometimes my uh, my lady, she feels bad because like she'll go out without one, and, and then she's like, "Oh well, should I?" And I'm like, "Yes." Yes, she should. Why is she asking you that? Well, I don't know. That's exactly an impartial opinion. She, she knows my opinion on it. It's like when we go to Vegas and it's like a topless option pool. I don't give her the option. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's start spreading the word here. Let's go. Hey, I'm all for a women's lib. Let's, let's ditch it. It's
4: By also, the way, whoever
3: came up with that is probably
4: a man, I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> it is also National M&M Day. So eat you m and m I had some M&Ms today. Did you? Yeah. Regulars? Planes, yeah. We get the planes in our house.
3: Uh, it's a controversial opinion, but I will not eat plain M&Ms. I don't. I love. I get plain nothing out of them. What are you, a communist? It's possible. Uh, yes, the answer is. I just don't. Uh, yes.
4: I,
2: he is a communist.
3: Look, I try not to eat a lot of candy because it's it's terrible for you. And so, if I'm going to eat candy, it needs to be something that uh, that it feels like a real sweet, sweet treat. And I get no enjoyment
4: whatsoever. Well, oh, you're not a chocolate guy. Those are very chocolatey.
3: Yeah, I need something besides it. Now, if you give me the peanut m M&M, and I love it. The caramel M&M, the pretzel M&M, but the regular? Get at it. It's the same thing with the Hershey bar. I got no time
4: for it. Throw some almonds in it. Uh, a couple discovers what appears to be a globster on the Oregon coast. Have you seen the photos of this bad boy? A globster? Yeah. No, I don't know what a globster is. Well, a globster is like a decomposing mammal. Like a, oh. you know. I was thinking you had some sort of weird, like, like lobster thing. So they, he was riding his all-terrain vehicle along the coast near Florence. Wednesday afternoon, a man by the name of Adani Tegner came across what he could only describe as a sea monster. He said it just didn't look like anything we've seen. It looked more str- uh, stringy, and it almost looked like it had been a large squid or something. The thing was the size of a pickup truck. It reeked of decomposing mammal, and it was covered in what appeared to be long white hair. It looked somewhat like a wet... Falcor the luck dragon from the movie The Never Ending Story. I love that in his description he used Falcor from well, the Never Ending Story. No, that's just, oh, the, that's just the, the, the story.
3: I was I was hoping that my man there was just given a description of it and dropped a Falkor. Great movie, by the way. Well, uh, in
4: souk fashion. Someone poke it? Poked it. Ah, you got it. He said it was firm but squishy. <laughs> God bless him. See? Felt blubbery. That's what you do
3: when you find something that's dead.
4: And she knew, this is his girlfriend, she, or wife, I don't know. She knew that it was the body of something. She just didn't know what. Um, Manatee, whale, what do we got? Have you seen the pictures of it? No, I'm looking here. It's really on, hard to. Like,
3: what, uh, what size? Like? I mean, it, been... it wasn't on Oregon Live. Here's
4: what
3: it looks like. Oh, yeah. That's what it looks like. Boy.
4: It's like a whale, maybe.
3: That uh, doesn't look like a whale. Not really, but... The only reason you think it was a whale because it's so big. It's huge. It looks like a a dragon turd. It's it's just kind of... Maybe it is a dragon turd. It's possible. Dracarius or something over there dropping
4: bombs. Uh, They said, According to Live Science... Oh of course. Li- live Science? Live Science. <laughs> Let's go to Live Science. Live Science. Let's go to science. Something similar washed ashore on a beach in the Philippines in two thousand eighteen.
3: Can't we just run a test?
4: The globster was covered in what looked like white hair.
3: Yeah, what would have
4: Yeah. Oh.
3: I'm mean, what's is this something that like no one knows about? Is this a great mystery, or is this
4: this? Well, lobsters are kind of a mystery because they they look mysterious and deformed. You know, like they just I,
3: yeah. I, I remember a couple years ago there was something that was floating that was was out there. No one could figure out what it was, and then it they they dragged it ashore, and people were saying it was like a sea monster, or whatever. And it was a decomposed whale. It was just, it, yeah, it just rotted to the point where you couldn't
4: recognize it. Well, I make mistakes all the time, as oh. do many humans. But yeah. I would be honest with you to say that. Probably the biggest, like the number of times I have made a mistake, yeah. most of my life about one thing, yeah. is seeing something in the water <laughs> and what it is. Yeah, and what it is. Like I, I swear to God, at our old, at our old, uh, uh, what do you call these studios? Mm-hmm. Well, this is actually an office, but we used to have real radio studios yeah. back when we were a real radio company. And we'd look out the window, and there was a, there was a river there. Do you remember that? It was called the Willametta. Yeah, I've been in there. There'd be crap floating in that. Every day, and I have be looking at it. Like, oh, Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, except usually it was actually crap. <laughs> Is that or a dead body?
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, with you. I, I mistake crap all the time. Seeing stuff in water,
3: especially like like even the distance between stuff, it's very hard to identify anything in the water. I'm totally yeah. with you.
4: It's like a, it's usually just a floating log. I'm like, oh, it's a seal. But honestly,
3: looking at that thing, I. I don't know what that's it is. That's a shore. I have no guess. They don't know. Other than the size of it looks like the only thing I can think of in, in the ocean that's that big would, would be
4: it's, some kind it's of, of whale. probably the innards of a whale, right? Oh, yeah. You know? Like, that
3: makes, the, like, if everything got peeled away and that's just what's left. So yeah. Because thats not the baleen on the whale, that kind of looks like it's a long, feathery thing? But I don't sure. know why I you would know. have that covered in... Ask Jody Allen. Doesn't she deal in, like, illegal whale parts or something? Wouldn't she know?
4: Uh, penguin bones. Penguin bones. No, yeah, this is not a penguin. I Sorry. Mean.
3: Well, maybe she then deals in other decomposing things. You would think, though, that someone, like some scientist, would be able to identify it, but I I don't know. Where's a marine biologist when you need They're one? busy. I'm just glad that my man did the appropriate thing. Poked it. He poked it. <laughs> I love that he clearly knew it's dead. It's not like you're, I wonder if it's alive. Even when something's dead, the
4: appropriate thing to do... Poke it with a stick. The Pacific Northwest doesn't rest when it comes to politics, according to a new Wallet Hub report published this week. Uh, The website released a list of 2022's most and least politically engaged states, and both Washington and Oregon made the top five. Really? Yes. Washington was fourth and Oregon was fifth. If we're so involved, why do we always screw things up so much? (laughs) Uh, Anybody? Like... Well, if
3: we're so involved, how come we can't seem to get anything right?
4: Well, that's all in the eye
3: of the beholder, yeah. pal. Are, are things going great? Are we all giving a thumbs up? Or? In
4: 2018, the U.S. saw the highest voter turnout in decades for a midterm election, but it was still only 53.4% of all eligible voters. It is amazing that for as many people that bitch and moan, like we have half of us that don't even cast. Well, them. we had a record in 2020. We had a record number of Americans vote yes Uh, but that was still only about 67 percent of
3: we got up to 67
4: yeah boy that's pretty good it's astounding
3: better than we've ever done I'll tell you what if we have another one of those where uh someone runs I bet that number gets
4: even higher now would you care to guess the top three most politically engaged states we said Washington was fourth and Oregon was fifth
3: oh gosh I'm this is interesting. So do I go deep red or do I go like a battleground state? I'll go give me Massachusetts maybe? No. Nope. Give me Massachusetts what about Florida? They got nothing but olds. I feel like they're involved and they're yelling and screaming about something. Yeah, but they're mistaking their ballots for bingo cards. That's true. Well hey, maybe that's why they cast them. They bingo! get those... Well do they get the can you vote with that little dauber thing? Can we do that? No, not Florida. Uh I
4: don't know. No. Like who else? Like California? Well, uh Maryland is number one. Because you know D C crab cakes football and politics around there. You know what I mean? Yeah, right? that makes sense. Yeah, it's that area. Yeah. And then New Jersey is number two. New Jersey. And Virginia is number three. Okay. So it's kind of random, but right mostly on- around D.C. Well, at least on
3: the West Coast, we've got a couple states that care. I mean,
4: go, go us. If you lived in Washington, D.C., I would, I, or, or in or around Washington, D.C., I'm guessing you do get sucked into the political game oh, right. more so than if yeah. you're living in rural North Dakota.
3: Yeah. That totally makes sense. Well, I think, too, and sometimes, like, if you live in a super blue or a super red state, you just check out because you know it doesn't matter that you're going to, you know, no offense to like North Dakota, but something tells me you don't have a lot of liberal policy yeah, out there. Yeah, but we could have a uh,
4: we could have a Republican yeah, uh, governor, yeah, yeah governor uh, for the first time since 1986. That's a real thing. Um, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, more people are they moving in or out of Portland?
3: I bet you it's still
4: in. Do you? Yeah. Well, I have the numbers. Let's see. Uh, Four forty-nine on the fan.
0: Prime
3: time with Isaac and sue on 1080 The Fan.
4: All right, this is in the news. <clears throat> Excuse me, this is in the news for October 13, 2022. I do have a uh, update for you. Primetime time uh, update for you, noted newsman. Uh, the Vancouver School, um, the custodian. Yeah. You remember the guy who's was uh, being a voyeur at. Yeah, supposedly it was. Uh,
3: it was Alkali or something like that, yeah, middle school. Yeah, the middle school. Yeah, he was. Uh, he- he, was he peeping or setting up cameras in like the middle school girls' bathroom? Yeah, they
4: arrested him. Um, well, it turns out they they got well, he, him. he is a he he was a janitor for Vancouver School, so it wasn't just that middle school. Oh, so yeah, he bounced around at Skyview High School. He had filmed in the female he, he had secretly filmed in the uh, female staff restroom. Wow. And it, so they arrested that,
3: him. Let me. Uh, you is, can't do that.
4: No, you can't.
3: Is it better, though, that he was doing it in the female staff than opposed to the middle school girl's bathroom? Or is it equally as bad? Is that going to be his defense? He's like, hey, well, hey, hey.
4: Uh, at least I wasn't creeping on the kids this time. I want to say it was both. Yeah. But. It's no good. His Apparently, he's living with a girl, and she found... The video on his computer. She pulled a he, uh, Herm Edwards and his own staff ratted him out. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. God. Yeah, you can't do that. His name is James D. Matson, and he is 38 years old, so if you know him... Yeah, uh, that's who it is. Yeah. He's a creep, unfollow him. He's from Vancouver. An amazing that... 137 counts of first-degree voyeurism. Oh my god! Yeah.
3: So is he going to do some serious time, or is this know. like? He probably. I mean, I would think so, right? What do you What do you think?
4: Play Play Judge right now. I
3: don't know. Is he going to like in today's? I I would think like you get a couple years, but something tells me he's going to get like. It's a non-violent crime, so they're going to be like, yeah, I don't know, pay a, a fine and here's like
4: four months and then some like supervision. The vids go back to 2013, huh? So that's uh, been going on a long time.
3: That's saying something. Like, I don't understand that maybe his life isn't that great, but like, <laughs> no offense, but maybe his life's wonderful. I, is it? I don't know. Is there someone out there in the custodial arts that's like, this is my dream? I don't know. Maybe it is. I'm not here to judge, right? But it fascinates me that these creepy sons of bitches, they are willing to throw away everything. I mean, it's like, you just, that's your thing, is you just get some grainy, like, weird footage of some people going to the bathroom, you're like, that is so compelling that you're willing to throw away family, friends, do some prison time, never get another job again. You're willing to throw it all away so that you can have some weirdly angled bathroom videos Of like Mrs. Petrie taking a a winkle somewhere. That's just I don't know. That I I, I guess because I am not a sex offender, I can't fully process that. But that we know of. (laughs) You check my hard drive. A lot of Jeff Bridges. I don't want to see your hard drive. A lot of Jeff Bridges videos on there. Uh, Maybe some. Maybe some, like, instruction videos on, like, how to fix a washer dryer. Sam Rockwell dance mashups. What things a, like that.
4: What a lot of dad stuff. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think has the worst hard drive? Jason Swagger Of 1080 The Fan some?
3: You heard me. How long did that take me to you get You don't
4: that? need to rethink that?
3: You know who? I'm going to throw out a sneaky one. It's just, it's just an it's underdog. It's an underdog. Okay. But I'm willing to guess there is some stuff. Joe Fishman.
4: Joe Fish, <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Fish huh? Joe Fish. Is he old enough to be creepy yet? He's a young bro. He's
3: in his 30s. Yeah. 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 Okay. He's, you know, when we talk about, like, okay. like there'll be some news story. Like he's the one that was, like, we brought up, like, Jennifer Lopez, and he was, like, she's old and disgusting. And then he started talking about, like, a bunch of young actresses, and he was very passionate about it. Uh, let me just say this. That tipped hey, you
4: off. Hey, Check made, that man's
3: hard drive. Hey, Look, I'm not. I think it's just an underdog. We immediately look at, at Jason Swigart.
4: Yeah, that's a. It's a good. It's a he's good the odds-on
3: favorite. You know, I think. Uh, I think when Mike Lynch was here, uh, there's some stuff on that. I guarantee it. I'm just saying, if you want value, but we're putting Vegas odds and you want value, dog horse. Yeah. Joe Fisher.
4: And finally, new data confirms what some Portlanders already know, and that is, uh, people are leaving Portland more than they are coming. Oh, okay, you were wrong. I was wrong. Portland Business Journal did this. The population of the Portland metro area actually did go up by just point 0.1% between 2020 and 2021, which is lower than, much lower than uh, years past. But when it comes to Multnomah County, it is a net loss in people, okay. particularly higher income earners.
2: Uh, well, they are not
4: moving here, or they are moving out. Okay, I can see that. But like the, the idea that we're, you know, people are leaving in mass exodus—that is not happening. No, it is. But happened. it is definitely not growing the way it was
3: the question too is some of that obviously you know the city is that has a bit of a bad breath right now and things aren't perfect You think? is it possible too that like it's just it's it's hard to like it's still hard to find something that's affordable to live here you know it's like we have some problems and on top of that we look for a house around lately and now with uh you know interest rates going up eh, it's it's like if if you're gonna say the the, like a starter home in some areas in portland you're talking about six seven hundred thousand dollars for not that great of a house, and now you got to pay seven, six and a half, seven, eight percent interest on it. That might be a bit of a wet blanket on that.
4: Well, it is interesting to note that Multnomah County lost nearly two thousand tax filers between twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, and those moving out tended to make far more money, far, far more, much dollar U S dollars. <laughs> great, do you? You yeah. <laughs> having a stroke? <laughs> they tended to make far more money than newcomers. Yeah. people that have cash or or, they're like i'm out and i totally
3: get that i don't blame that i i had a a buddy of mine that had a place in the pearl and it was a really nice place i'm not trying to do like oh we need to cater for the rich people but if you pay those prices right don't you expect a certain level of uh civility around (laughs) around your house around your apartment Like, I can imagine for people that have a high income, that's a bit frustrating. That you paid X amount of dollars and then you you walk out your front door and, well, (laughs) poop.
4: That's... Oh, you mean like uh, somebody pooped?
3: Yeah, or, you know, you leave your car parked in front of your place and you come out and someone has wonderfully decided to kick in your
4: front door. Well, I will say this. Um, I live in Multnomah County. Yeah. And these new taxes... That they have put forth. Uh, there's two of them hurting a little bit. Well, I didn't get hit as hard as. Somebody. I talked to somebody the other day that got a bill that would make me leave. Yeah. Yeah. That, that bill would. I got a pretty hefty bill. Yeah. But they got. I was like, oh my god. And I don't know how arts are so different, but you know, it's it no is, longer just that twelve dollars arts no, tax or whatever. Thirty-five dollars. You know, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, that's what it used to be. Yeah. But no, it's, and yeah, you're right. And then you look around and go, well, what the hell? Yeah. You, you want all this more money? Well,
3: you got to give me, you got to give me something in return yeah. and you're not giving so me I, a quality of life. I, I, I get that.
4: All right. Uh, there's your in the news uh, for um, what October 13th. Bingo. The hot five at five is next on the fan.
1: Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.